Good morning and welcome to Dear God Am I Funny, the comedy podcast that explores awesome people. Today is the second part to Andrew James West's conversation with us. And today we, uh, we're going to highlight a little person named Caitlin Minimalist on Etsy. She does dainty personalized jewelry crafted with love and she is the number one shop on Etsy. And I just wanted to say, hey, great job. Way to go. Not only is she the number one seller on Etsy, she blows away everybody on Etsy. Way to go, Kate. Here's Andrew James West. A lot, most people are going to think it's probably weird and not get it, but the people who do get it are going to enjoy it more than anybody would enjoy yeah. the other And that's where I think cultish followings exist. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so I should First mention, start. by the way, we're back with Andrew J. West. Part hey, two. Hey, part two. Part two, because um, Derek had to go to a school birthday party, <laughs> so we had to cut it short. Fucking but that's right. We, but there children. was so much more to cover uh, anyway, so and I'm And you guys glad didn't even let me back. leave. You've just kept me yeah. locked away in just Derek's guest house with yeah. D-Bone in the remains. <laughs> loop. <laughs> <laughs> So did you, when you were in the guest house with D-Bone and the roommate, did you sleep in one of the coffins or did you? Well, he made me. Yeah. I, di- I didn't have a choice. And uh, it have you ever strut been was just blaring all night long. Have you ever been in his bedroom here? Uh, yeah. A- yeah. Annie, his wife, has a twin size bed and then it's right butt <laughs> up next to Derek's coffin. Yeah. <laughs> he takes his job. A lot of velvet in there. You got to. You know? But that's not the coffin you'll be buried in. No, no, that's in the garage. So I'm gonna be more like Nicolas Cage. I, I got a plot of land down in <laughs> Louisiana. What's it? Is it fully marble? It's. I think so. I've seen it, and I. It, it seems to. Have Do been you know this about Nick Cage? He has a marble plot. He's got like. He's what do you call? His, I mean, he's yeah, like a plot. grave site that he's purchased and built. I think he constructed this this uh, monolith in a in a cemetery in New Orleans. But yeah, it's like a big white uh, monolith. That's a great. Yeah, you know, word. I mean, that's going to conjure images of two thousand one. It's more of like his is kind of more of, I guess, like a Egyptian like a dome tomb or dome? like a pyramid. I don't know, pyramid. I mean, maybe it's a pyramid. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been a while since I've seen it. But I, it I think what <laughs> I w- I think for me the move we'll up. would yeah. be to buy a s- very small plot of land. Okay, very small. Um, but you know, buy a field by a tree, and I'm just buried there. There's nothing anywhere that would say Eric Nicastro is buried here, but there is a sign that says private property, no trespassing. Hmm. And that's it. Hmm. And is it... I mean, that's kind of all you... It's sort of all you need to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That way nobody bothers me, and I right. can finally be at peace. Theoretically, nobody bothers you, but yeah. Or, or I'll get cremated, one of the two. <laughs> There we go. One of the you could still buy the plot of land and dump the, still get green. Yeah, please. (laughs) All right, kids, you're gonna take my ashes. You're gonna dump it on this plot of land in Louisiana that I purchased. (laughs) Um, You're gonna see a sign that says "No Trespassing." You can for this one. Look for Nick Cage's pyramid. Go, you know, 200 feet to the go east. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the last time we were we were talking, we we had just gotten up to the point where you were cast in The Walking Dead. Right. Yeah, and which for me personally was exciting because we were talking uh, uh, off the podcast. I can't, I can never remember if we call this on or off air. 
a podcast. Oh I don't know. yeah, is it? But we were, uh, I say we were speaking away from the microphones, right? And I was like, for me at this point in The Walking Dead, this was like appointment television for me personally, and um, you know, I was a purist. I didn't read any of the graphic novels or anything. So for me, it was like the whole terminus thing that was getting teased was like very exciting. So now were you were you tuning in from the very beginning? From the like very you beginning. Were, so okay. So yeah. you were on board from day one. Well I probably started the first season like I started before the second season gotcha. premiered. Yeah, yeah, right. So like right. I caught up on the first season. Um and then so I pretty early on. Um and then I love it because then they you know they're they're traveling uh you know uh, I think it's Rick and Michonne and they have this just crazy scene where Rick like finally turns and like r- rips a guy's neck apart with yeah. his teeth. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, the show is like, and then they get to this place and it's a warehouse with a guy who looks like he works at a Eddie Bauer, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I think, like, uh... like the guy who works at Eddie Bauer shows up and he's like, <laughs> welcome everybody. We're so happy you're here. Just to, uh, Come on in, and we're going <laughs> to feed you cashmere some... cashmere sweaters and, in the corner. And please, let's get our friends some food. Don't worry. Don't ask what kind of meat it is. Just come on in. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, nice, friendly... Guy. I mean, who wouldn't, uh, who wouldn't trust a, uh, the, the Eddie Bauer employee? Or the, or the uh, you know, the hipster barista. Uh, I, think, I think that's how Conan described, yeah. <laughs> described the character. Uh, um, yeah, and and then and then all <laughs> hell breaks loose, and then I love it because I just started. I, I told you, I, was I mean, just, I was living it up. I was this, rewatching this, this episode, and, and like all of a sudden, you're just standing, and you're and you're literally like, guys, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> listen. <laughs> we're gonna kill you if you. Yeah, everybody's got to chill out. <laughs> I mean, it was like it's, but like, but frightening. I saying when you get this role. And uh, you're standing on set, and those characters at this point, it's already record-breaking in the numbers that AMC is getting in terms of viewership for this show. Does it, like, hit you uh, of, like, I-, I can't believe where I'm standing right now? Here, let me jump no. in. I'll answer that. You um, <laughs> I'm not even actually here right now. This is just you guys can... No, so I... <laughs> I... Uh, I think I benefited from the fact that I was not watching the show from day one. I was not like, you know, I was not there for the moment that it premiered in in all this. Um, So I was like a little oblivious to what this phenomenon was, like I am to to many things, Uh, uh, especially in entertainment. I seem to always be like, you know, a season behind, two season behind the hit show or whatever in terms of watching them. Um, So no, it didn't hit me that, day i when i got the job i i caught up on the show and i was very familiar with the world and stuff but it was it was weird man because i i uh because i think we talked about a little bit the other day but i flew to atlanta i didn't know what who i was going to be on the show i didn't know like if i was going to be in part of the group or if i was going to be a quote-unquote bad guy whatever um and i still didn't really know even when we were shooting that finale where it was going to go in the next season so i uh you know, I, I definitely kind of had moments that first day on set of just like, don't think about this too much. Yeah. Just like, just do your job, say your lines, don't think about who you're interacting with or talking to or whatever. And you kind of have to, you know, play this trick on yourself to kind of keep yourself grounded so that you don't 
suddenly become, you know, switch into fan mode as opposed to work mode. You know, you, you don't want to be like freaking out or feeling like you're watching the thing that you are, that you're used to consuming as opposed to being totally. a part of it. It's like too, you know, you kind of have to flip that switch, but no, I wouldn't, you know, so we did the finale. It was super fast. I mean, I, I think I only worked a couple of days on the finale and then, you know, I went home for a couple months and I wasn't due back in Atlanta for a couple months. And then that's when it really started to, but didn't they say, I need you to go ahead and download Instagram. You're gonna need to make an Instagram account. Well, it wasn't the show. It wasn't, it wasn't the, show. the show. It was it was my publicist and and you know agents and stuff. Like after that show, because I wasn't uh, you know I was like very. Uh, it wasn't your thing. To, no, I was reluctant to do the whole social media. It didn't. It, uh, it just felt weird to me. But then, you know, you do a and and they were right. You know, it's like if you're ever gonna start that kind of stuff, that's the time to do it because you you know if I had waited a year or two years, people wouldn't have cared really you know right um but and then plus that's such a it's such a so social media heavy show it's yeah. it's one of those it's a genre it's the genre show because so i remember like, you you download it and you were like holy shit i have fifteen thousand followers like or you jumped up well, like some crazy number and then it was like boom boom yeah so b b what happened i i think i started i you know i opened started an account or whatever and no and i posted a picture i didn't know what i was doing nobody you know uh but i i think after that second episode aired i posted something that was sort of a joke about like eating uh you and i might have been out <laughs> i don't yeah. know who it was with uh but i, I it was like blood sows barbecue yeah or and i posted and a picture of it and it was and then so yeah, you've Lebrun. upgraded from tacos on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> we you've moved Del to La Brea. To, Del Taco to Bloodsos. That's we right. <laughs> That's when you know things are going we're well. Not, knock it up a notch. No, um, I just remember that moment being like, because I, I, I remember Instagram becoming a thing at that time where you're like, oh, you have to be on it if you want to be somewhat successful in Hollywood because you got to be able to interconnect with your fans or whoever it's still totally a foreign uh and i thought it was i thought it was hilarious that you weren't not hilarious but i, I knew i was like i wonder why he's not doing it it just wasn't interesting to i you don't know something. how to do it i don't know how to do it right i don't i don't well, and i've it, never it, it, it's exhausting yeah except for some people it's not i guess <laughs> but yeah i but i find it to yeah be. Um, yeah some people want to just live their life Online, mm -hmm. right? I, I worked with a, a a young woman, and she's an influencer. Yeah. And like, I remember watching her walking. Uh, w we worked at um, organization together, and after work, she's just—I don't know where she was walking to, but she's walking with her phone in her face, just talking. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I know she's not FaceTiming. So, like, this is just all going out on social media. Yeah, there are uh, two million people watching her do a live. Yeah, and, and then she comes uh, in the next day, and she's like. Up. Check out these free pants I got. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> and then I start a You're like, social pants. media I'm account. Like, I start Instagram. I and I, free pants. I post somebody, and I'm like, hey, wow, 10 likes. How I don't many, think I'm getting anything for free. How many pairs of free pants have you gotten to this point? Zero. <laughs> I'm at a zero free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I'm with you. But then there are some people who can sing Mariah Carey in their, in their car. That's right. Uh, and uh, I totally forgot I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I well, the reason See, I your, started your it, relationship with it, Derek, is is 
wildly different from mine, but it's also unique in that it's not exactly Eric. Would you or you know you don't live your life online, but you seem very comfortable with it though. I started doing it because when we moved out here, I had a lot of family members that I missed, and I was like, I want to document my journey with them so that they feel connected to the process because I loved my family uh, deeply, and that was probably the hardest part about moving to L.A. Uh, was, yeah, being disconnected from them. So that's what started it for me. I would make little videos or things that I thought they would find interesting. So you felt you felt like it was useful for just like that create yeah. And then I remember getting fans, and this was weird. About I think it was Facebook. I started getting people that wanted to follow what I was doing, and this is like two thousand eight. And so with this, when you, when you were making your man video, <coughs> video, I mean that so that was kind of happening before Instagram. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I started doing these videos on how to be a man, and somebody would Have ask a question. That, that would be, you know, what that makes sense because when I <laughs> think, would a man do it like this? I often think of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we had this, multiple. This is friends. the image that you've held in your mind oh, your yeah. whole life, right? When you think about man, when you think about con the concept. Every of time man. I leave Derek's presence, I go home and say to my wife, "I'm not a man. That's <laughs> a man. You can't. That's a man." <laughs> Well, it all started making fun of my dad because he was always about, like, this is what a man does. But your dad was a man. Yeah. Like a man. So man, I was like, right? I got a sliver I mean, of that. A Vietnam vet that owns yeah, a used car lot is yeah. definition of a <laughs> yeah. man who shops at Goodwill. If like, you meet those <laughs> yeah. prerequisites, yeah. You're and I remember moving here and going, oh, there's not a lot of men out here. And I did actually get questions a lot from insecure guys and especially our roommates like how to do things and, and i'm like i like i never kind thought of, of myself as that like person. fixing things well, how to dress how to talk to a girl how to feel confident well that's it it's a confidence a thing it's not a man thing it's a confidence thing. you have a yeah. lot of confidence and also they saw you fixing that scooter all the time so they probably <laughs> thought you were competent when it came to look at him and you assume he knows how to fix stuff yeah right i mean that's just and so I had this image of I, being I a man. assumed I, he knew how to produce hair. a podcast <laughs> by looking literally just by looking at him and, and look at me now I'm fucking <laughs> here we are but yeah we do these videos and then also doing videos for you and then it was like oh I get to share it's social media so I get to share media with my social so life. and for people and who don't it. quite understand what we're so so 15 years ago 16 years ago when we're yeah. Living together, uh, we had just moved to Los Angeles. We're living together. Uh, you know, I I would literally come home from my job, like waiting tables or whatever. And <laughs> Derek would be like, "Hey, man, I want to show you something." And you'd pull. Well, I guess it was on your computer back then. I don't even know. I had a. Uh, or it was just. I on had the... a mini DVD player recorder. It was nine hundred dollars. So he would he, like and during would the day burn he would a DVD. spend the day just like recording himself <laughs> doing a doing a sketch. sketch. There were little a... sketches or trying to find characters, some of them weirder than others. And it was just for me and our roommates, and it was beautiful. Yeah. So there, you never did anything with these characters. I uploaded a few on Facebook when it became easy. It was difficult to edit back then because yeah, I this is like 2006, so it's a little You have to have a, a, a lot more money than I had. Yeah. So that was our that was our routine like we But I figured home. it but out. But when it comes to social media, so I will say Derek I, I know you don't have big following on social media, but you do have more social media 
accounts of anybody <laughs> I know. If you combine all the if you combine all, all the, the followers, accounts, it's pretty. Well, good. I started to compartmentalize my what I was producing. And that's where I made the other counts. So, like moving my wife's furniture, I was like, I don't want to just put f- furniture moving all the time. On I my appreciate per- that my wife so makes like me move furniture. I like that one. And then I started going to all the Rams games, and I would wear so a pimp yeah, outfit. Yeah, you're the Ram- yeah. Rams pimp. And then people would be like, who are you? And I don't want to be like, this is my name. I was like, I'm the Rams So, pimp. I'll tell you where I, I it makes sense to me in my brain is that, I because, again, I'm horrible with posting on Instagram or and my wife and I like we don't want to post our kids we just we're the type that it's like I don't want my daughter to turn 18 and be like I'm sorry excuse me there's two billion pictures of me online totally kind of thing so um you know I realized after like a year or so I only post when I go to a coffee shop in another city and then it's like, but if I was you, I would have started another Instagram called Where I'm Drinking Coffee. You know, but instead it's just. But then what's the original Instagram for? Exactly. But you see, I'm. And I'm that's what happens. I struggle with this a little bit myself because I have two Instagram accounts. Uh, you know, one of them is just like my the account that I started forever ago when when The Walking Dead yeah. started. The human and then Andy. I I I paint. It's a hobby of mine. I like to I paint. So I started a. Uh, he doesn't just paint. He's an oil. What what's the difference? I, d- I looked online. I saw on Instagram. Is it just a painter or an oil paintist? <laughs> I don't think pa- is paintist or oil I think painter it is now. I don't think I th- paintist. I think maybe I'm. Can <laughs> I, I think be the when first? you yeah maybe you you're use oil. You become a paintist. You become a paintist. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> not a painter. I'm going to have to change Painters maybe too. the description of the oh, Instagram just, account. You just made up a word. You're a paintist. But, I, but what happened was I stopped posting on the original. Now I'm just using the other one because it's more comfortable for me to just like, you know, post a picture of artwork as opposed to like myself doing what the fuck ever. I don't even know. I, I, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know like what to post about. But now it's it's almost, it feels like there's a sense in which what do I even, it sort of made one of them obsolete. If I'm really only using one, yeah. you know, it's my, this is my coffee in a different, in a different city account and it's become yeah. my identity. Yeah. What do you do? But then, I, but then I have to say, and this is where the exhausting part comes in. Then I go to a city and I have a coffee and I don't post something. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, should I have taken that picture and done that bad filter and shown where I'm having coffee? Does anyone care? I don't know if I. Oh, told but this. I didn't. So it's like I can't even keep up with. Like I don't want to keep yeah. up with it. It's. I don't know if I shared this with you, but I came home one day and she was like, "My wife was like, Derek, what the fuck?" And she does that probably. Yeah, I would say that's pretty, pretty normal. I thought that's how you're greeted each evening. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Immediately defensive. Uh, say what you really said. What now? And she goes, "No, I didn't. I, I should start using what that. this time." Uh, she goes. Um, the fuck is Rams pimp? <laughs> Jessica, my wife, your wife, yeah, uh, texted me pictures, and in my mind, and, and I by the way, run, so you don't run these by your wife. No, I and here's where my my I wife being in his life is not a good thing. My wife, when she meets people, she will find out everything about them that exists on the internet. She does a deep. She does a deep dive, yeah. and then she will find the pictures of Rams pimp. Send it to the wife and say, "What Your the fuck is this?" Your husband is cheating on you. No. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> in my mind, it goes back to Plymouth days when we first moved here, and I'm like working on a character, and I'm like, "Do I want to share this? Do I want? What am I doing here? I'm going to these games. They're fun. I like to get on the jumbotron. People like 
take pictures of me and I was like, oh, this, I, I don't know. I'm exploring it myself before I even get the moment to tell my wife. Your Again, wife or yeah. like we talked about the other day, you're a yes person in that your attitude is, oh, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. You don't double, you don't, you don't uh, overthink these things. You don't second guess yourself. And I feel bad when I have to say no every single time. Uh, yeah. So you, you yeah. dive in, you dive in. See, for me, I dive in. Yeah. I'm like, it took me like a year of thinking about doing like starting the painting thing i'm, I'm uh, talking to my wife about it. is this a good idea is it embarrassing is it weird you know in the realm in that especially in that world i just am very have you always felt insecure <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> that's your question but i love it <laughs> this is the therapy session that i've that i needed so your social media blows up yeah, because it, 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 it you know re- like in, in relative terms. do you get any do you get any um, oh here's this Walking Dead villain and he's such a sensitive artist <laughs> like <laughs> is there disappointment on the side of the fans no probably but yes uh, in t- almost entirely when the f- when the fourth season ends and that airs does your life start changing yes so so it does and so the other day we were talking about how you know i did greek and i did these other things and none of it felt like like a moment really they're they're jobs and they're great and and now i'm finally making a little bit of money and i and i can quit the waiting job and and all that and that's all good but never felt like a moment when the walking dead happened it was it was a moment uh first one that i had had in my career really and so suddenly um you know like like phone calls are they're like incoming calls you know and that and that and that had never happened before so it's like when those ep- when the finale aired it suddenly it's a ton of uh horror film offers that just a bunch are like coming in and you know it's a lot of it's a lot of like indie movies and stuff like that but yeah. you know and most of which i d- didn't really want to do there was one or two that i really liked that i ended up doing um but that was the first time where you know these calls started coming in, um, you know, like we would do these conventions for the show had these, uh, there were walking dead conventions. There were comic cons that were sort of scattered about the country and stuff. So they'd fly us around. We'd do these conventions. We would fly back to LA and like people would kind of find out that, that the cast was going to these places and they kind of figured out like when we were coming back to LAX and all that. And then, so people would be like waiting at baggage claim with your picture and like Sharpies and stuff. And so we'd get off the plane and like suddenly there's a bunch of Gareth photos in my face and I'm signing stuff at the airport. So like weird, surreal shit like and that. And is your mind and just exploding yeah, at this yeah. point? You like know, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but it's all like s- happening fast and it's really energized and there's, you know, your castmates are around and uh, most of the time uh, and, and they're sort of doing the same. So it's fun and it's like, fast-paced and weird and it's brand new you know um and and then still you know we kind of had a version of of what we were just talking about back in 2006 where i'd come home and you know derek and i are not roommates anymore at this point but like i'd call you and we or we'd get coffee the next day and i'd be like holy shit this this is what happened yeah you know um but yeah so that was all that was all new Uh, which again is why when you do move to la or new york or whatever you're going after Bring a friend along. <laughs> yeah, you need somebody to best talk to when it all best advice blows I've up ever and gets given crazy. Best as thing, a man. best decision we've we've ever made. I but mean, but seriously, like to, yeah. to do it to to come out together. But you also feel that when this is happening, that you're set. Um, and I say that because in the sci-fi world, 
uh, fantasy horror comic book. Like, you have a moment, you have a character that's identifiable almost in any way, and you've got the conventions. You know, there are people yeah. who are like, well, I was on uh, Star Trek uh, season two. Uh, I, I played a gherkin. And uh, and so I've spent the last forty five years uh, signing autographs for five dollars. But and you they, met that guy too. And that guy, like, I've, he lives I've his met, whole life. That I, 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 I knew mean, that, guy. <laughs> that yeah. you now is that like? Oh, I have this kind of safety net that I can. A little bit, yeah, and especially with the conventions, because when I sort of, I, I knew nothing about that world, and when I, when I was introduced to it, I kind of realized like. Oh shit! Yeah, this is this is like a thing that I, I remember going to one of the early ones, and uh, the zombie from Day of the Dead. So you, you guys remember Romero's? Oh yeah, Day, oh, yeah. Day of Absolutely. the Dead, uh, which I think was the third one that he had that he had made. Right. Uh, it was Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and then yeah. there's Day of the Dead. And in Day of the Dead, there's the there's like the main zombie character who they're trying to teach. They're trying to like teach him how to talk and right. all that. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but anyway, the guy who played that zombie—I'm totally blanking on his name—really good actor um, was at one of these like early conventions that I did, and he, you know, this is decades after Day of the Dead, and and I talked to him a little bit. He's doing a lot of theater in New York. He lives in—he lived in New York. You know, this was seven, eight years ago now, but uh, he had been doing those conventions since the '70s, all off of Day of the Dead. Yeah, and he had, and he was talking to me about it, and he, and he was like, I think his exact. <laughs> phraseology was uh, you, you got to keep flogging that mule you know like he he was he was making he was doing these appearances right. for 30 years off of this one job that he did in this in this horror film that became you know a cult a cult uh, classic uh and then so it started to sort of occur to me like oh yeah this is uh this is like a viable long-term thing yeah. at least and do you still do any of these well and nobody nobody could uh, uh guess that there would be a, a global pandemic that would, <laughs> that would happen only a few short years later and <laughs> and um, shut them all down uh they have started back up and i haven't i haven't actually done one though since the when when the pandemic hit i think i had like three scheduled um because i had been and and this was years after i'd come off the show you know I, I i think when the pandemic hit i'd been off the show for five years or something but yeah i was still doing them and uh all those got canceled and i haven't done one since i mean they're you know they're still out there and i probably will again at some point now um, i heard recently uh, another friend of mine did a convention recently in germany and he was saying there's a menu and you can get like a photo with the actor or just a photo signed or a video taken or you can take voice message and they all cost is that how you basically yeah like you you had uh yeah it was like autograph selfie you know if combo. i wanted to come over right now and take a selfie with you how much is that costing me yeah well i'm gonna have to talk to my agent we'll yeah see the, we'll see what does your going. agent get a cut we'll off of each of those yeah, selfies absolutely absolutely but he wow. said it got really weird because there would be people to come up and be like honey I know you want a photo with him, but we only brought $500. And if you want one with Jean-Claude Van Damme, we, you can only get a signed picture. And you're overhearing this. That's what he said. And he was like, you feel really bad. You're like, dude, just come over and take a photo. I don't give a fuck. But you can't because you've you got a bodyguard it's so weird, that man. blocks you. It's so, it's so funny. That's exactly what it's like. And it's crazy because you walk into that space and suddenly this is like a, it's a commodity and there's a premium placed yeah. on it. You walk out of the convention center. I'm walking down the street. If somebody's like, oh, you're, you're that guy. Let's right. do a quick picture. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, of course. 
all there's this change that happens yeah. immediately when you step out of that arena arena but um Mm. But yeah, there are these people sort of relying on you to play by the rules when you're when you show up, yeah. and so this sort of magical aura is created, and it's totally bizarre. And so, do you mm. end up winning a Saturn Award? I didn't win. You I were didn't nominated. Win. I got nominated. I got nominated for a Saturn Award. Look what at this. I, I didn't was know this. Yeah. Fucking you and your research. You don't even I do research it. on the guests that are your it lifelong would, friends. It would be very strange to do research <laughs> on your lifelong seen, friend. He doesn't actually know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. After Derek's like, I gotta check out this Walking Dead after this. <laughs> yeah, <I gotta> take <laughs> he has done a handful of shit things that I have not been able to watch. Not because I didn't want to. I just you're like fuck. Yeah. Plus, I mean, who doesn't want to go watch that lot. movie about the zombie learning how to speak? <laughs> Come on, ask ask for my brains. <laughs> ask. Teach <laughs> uh, you manners, also. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saturn, the Saturn yeah. Award. I, I, d you know, to be totally honest, I, again, I'm a little out, out of touch in some uh, areas of of entertainment, but I didn't r like quite know what it was when I found out about that. Um, I quickly educated myself and found out that it was like a very cool, you know, it's like a it's like a very uh, special honor within the world of sci-fi and horror. Um, and that year, I, I was up against like Neil Patrick Harris for uh, like he did uh, I, uh, what was it American like American Horror Story or something? I don't yeah, know, but yeah. it was a good it was a good field, and I didn't I didn't win out unfortunately. Who but, won? Uh, I I don't remember. Was it best? Like actor, it, it was best, best best guest. guest yeah, it was best guest appearance. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if they were looking at, yeah, I don't know if it was like a specific episode or I, I actually don't remember how it worked. But uh, yeah, best guest appearance. And I think when I don't know if I ever really uh, consciously thought this, but there was always, it wasn't even like a one-up thing, but like he would do something, and then I'd be like, oh, I want to do something too, and then it's been like a ping pong back and forth, and I didn't even fucking know that. Yeah. yeah, it's like Greek beer commercial. Yeah, Walking Dead beer commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, watching because he liked beer commercials, so I was like, I'll just I'm just gonna keep what he likes. shoving <laughs> these in his face. Dude, watching his journey though, with the okay, because this is how the, the with the commercial stuff though, we got to let's talk about this just for a second. So we talked a little bit the other day about how I got with this commercial agency. You know, whatever I'm auditioning. It's taken me forever to like get anything. I'm just running around town auditioning constantly, not booking anything. It, after about a year, I got you came in. I brought you in for a meeting. Well, you you shared the movie we did. In that's college. so yeah. We didn't talk about that. So I we did that short film On being, which we mentioned, which we talked about in the right. first. Yeah, part of it this. was a short that I wrote, and, and Derek and I acted in it. We made it in college. I anyway, I took it into my commercial agent, who was my manager also at the time. And uh, he watched it, fell in love with Derek, like absolutely thought, and he did, I mean, Derek's fucking hilarious. I'm a lovable guy. Uh, you are. But, uh, and then so he wanted to meet you. So I, so I think, so we, you guys set up a meeting, you came in and met John, right? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do, he, he's kind of an oh fuck yeah guy also, just right. like you. Brought you on as Oh, a but I couldn't see him until I grew my hair out and mustache exactly like I had in the... <laughs> The shorts. Sometimes he will. So I couldn't go. I couldn't have the meeting until I grew six inches of my hair. For me, it was and get I almost, rid of the purple Miami shirt. For you, it was grow the hair. And, the, and I and got the fired from two jobs for having a mustache. 
because I waited tables and they were like, "You're not allowed to have a mustache." This, I'm like, "This is the I need who the owned mustache. the restaurants, the Steinbrenners." Some f- <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I did. I did hear. Can't have a mustache. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if we forget to, it's okay. Also. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of power behind that. But stash. but to get but so you go in and you you meet with John. He, you grow the hair out, mustache, whatever. He's like, let's do this. He said, you I go, needed new jeans too. You get your first audition, right? Which is a Bud Light audition. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember you were like, holy shit! You called me and you were like, I got an audition. And I was like, dude, that's amazing in it's Santa Monica. But I was like, look, you're probably going to have to, you know, do like 50 of them. Yeah, you had like 50. Yeah, it was a ton. And I was like, you're going to have to do like 50. It's, you know, whatever. It's going to take a long time. Just have fun. Do your thing. You (laughs) call me later. You're like, yeah, they, I like, I already have a callback or I'm already on hold or some shit. It was like, you know, immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, just don't. Yeah, great. But like callbacks come, you know, but they, a lot of times you don't get that. That's just part of the process. Long story short, two or three days later, you find, you booked it. Yeah, you booked book your very first audition that you ever walk into yeah. uh, for Bud Light. Uh, meanwhile, I'm toiling away over here. I haven't left L.A. County in like three years because I can't afford to, you know, buy a plane ticket home. And you're asked, and they send you to South Beach to shoot. And this I was Bud Light driving commercial. that scooter to South Beach. <laughs> no, to <laughs> work. Is it all I... downhill between here and South Beach? <laughs> <laughs> Got great gas mileage on that thing. No, I was driving to work. Um, to Takami, which was a sushi restaurant downtown. And they wouldn't let me do front of the house because I had my mustache. So I could only run food. And I get the call on the way to... And I pull over... I, I'm sorry. Just and, and this isn't about thing. the restaurant business but, or anything, but because of your facial hair, movement. we will only want it close to the food instead of having you... It was pre-hipster okay. movement. I was one of the founding fathers of bringing the mustache back. And I got so much shit everywhere I went for having a mustache. You couldn't be. It was like you couldn't be a professional if you had a mustache. Yeah, little did. They and it was a, it was quite the fight because I would book commercials because of the mustache because so many people wouldn't wear them. And I think people got really excited about. I think that's probably half the reason I booked the fucking gig because I had a mustache. I mean, it's a beaut- It's a glorious mustache but, for those who haven't seen it. And uh, my wife won't allow me to have one now. My chin. So as much as we, fun fact, <laughs> as much as we have evolved as a people, we still have a ways to go. We do. Yeah. But but I, yeah. So but you you know you're talking about seeing certain things happen because uh, we came out to do this together. You, you talk about certain things happen on my end. Watching you you with the commercials was insane because I was always like I don't know how you do this it's just it was boom 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 you never stopped with them and i and i never had that success with them i i you know i got a couple and i it was nice and whatever but it was like a real niche for you and and it was cool to see and and you were doing stuff that was like it 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 was fun they were funny they were and you were elevating them and it actually made like commercials seem cool and and fun you know right, it made little, me more excited about like trying it. to do them um yeah i did you like commercials growing up did you get excited sure. about oh yeah yeah there was a, i'll tell you uh, in new york so i don't know how far out this went well we had the whiz nobody beats the whiz mm-hmm. and uh, it being around christmas time right now my favorite commercials were joe namath doing the nobody beats the whiz commercials I don't and even they'd know say what that giving is. they would say giving beats everything and nobody beats the whiz. 
And I lived, when those commercials came on, I knew it was holidays mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I love commercials. Yeah, I remember it being a huge deal. Commercials were massive in Indiana. I don't know if they were everywhere. That's why I was asking, because I later met a girl who only dated me because I did commercials <laughs> and how much she enjoyed commercials. Yeah. Come to find out, I booked this AT&T job, and I'm visiting a friend in New York. She lived in New York, and she's like, come meet me for a drink. And uh, I'm like, no, was I staying? I was staying at her house. I fly there. I'm staying at her house. (laughs) We go out for drinks. All of a sudden, my commercial airs on the TV in this bar. Not once, but six times. Oh, boy. And she flips the fuck out. She's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Because I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Holy shit. And the bar's freaking out. They're fucking buying me drinks. They're cheering me. I'm like, I fucking love New York. This is great. And she's like, <laughs> fuck you. You're a piece of shit. And I'm like, I'm staying at your house. She's like, not tonight. Fuck off, jackass. And I was in the middle of New York City by myself. <laughs> like, what the fuck? When I'm having this great moment and I'm like, Stranded. A certain irony to the story here. That's not quite what you thought that commercial would. uh, And a wonderful human being, Brandy, who was in the first commercial I created, uh, Uh, the Bud Budweiser one. Can a man be a man? And oh yeah, Brandy. uh, She was uh, luckily saved my ass. She was living in Manhattan and was up at three a.m. And I was like, "Who the fuck? What bar were you at? Do you remember? No idea. Okay, but." And back when we moved here, though, I remember having, like, a lot of young 20 Guys, thanks for listening like, to that story. I know that. <laughs> well, no, but, you know, like a lot of uh, naive, whatever, uh, actors, you, you get here and you talk about, like, oh, man, maybe one day, like, we'll look up and one of our faces will be on a billboard or something. You yeah. know, those kind of conversations that you have. Um, in 2000, I don't remember what year, 2014, 13 or something like that, Derek is blown up. I, I don't know how many how many stories high on an ad on the right by LA Live coming yeah. down uh, uh, the freeway for that. It was a Jim Beam ad. It was right? 2009. 2009. My dad had just died, and they were having the reception. And I was like, guys, I'm sorry, I gotta I gotta go back and I gotta shoot this Jim Beam ad. And my half my family was like, you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and I'm like. There's a theme being established now with your, yeah. uh, with your commercial And work. I go and shoot it, and uh, they, they, they put it up pretty soon after my dad passed away. And it was like, I'm so glad I did it, because it felt like I had some ki- kind of connection with my dad dying in that moment, and it went across the nation. There was billboards everywhere. It was on the Sears Tower. You call up, up all those. It was, it was in Times Square. It was up for a long time, and I drove by it constantly. And, and it was it me was playing air guitar. Totally bizarre to see every time. And it was just a weird, um, you know, that thing had come to fruition in a way that you, and you may not even expect it to happen exactly that way, right. but uh, pretty quickly, I mean, we hadn't been here that long that had happened and that it, it was just totally bizarre to see every day, you know, driving around LA. Driving Do you call up those members of your family and say, now you fuck off. <laughs> no, yeah, we had a knockout drag, drag out because <laughs> they were like, they just were like, you're a piece of shit. Who does that to their dad? Did I'm this like, happen every time you booked a job? Every <laughs> time. <laughs> Pretty much every time they got drunk. Commercials are traumatic. <laughs> facial hair, so. traumatic. Yeah, this yeah. is what it's we're one learning. trauma after the next. This is what 
I guess we knew that about this industry. It's the cross I bear. Yeah, so speaking of trauma, <laughs> after you're off The Walking Dead, <laughs> I'll always bring it back. Uh, the, <laughs> how soon after are you then, you book uh, Once Upon a Time? Yeah, so so what happened? <laughs> Which, by was, the way, uh, polar opposite of the yeah, Walking Dead. Yeah, a little Dead. different, little different than uh, than what I was doing on on the Walking Dead. Uh, well, there were some steps in between because what happened was, I, you know, I came off the Walking Dead, and like I said, I it was the first time where there were kind of calls coming in and stuff like that. So what? So did a couple of these little movies, and then a, a couple months after, I got offered uh, the lead in a pilot, um, and it was a pilot that was written by Tom Kapanos, who I was hmm. a huge fan of. I was a big fan of Californication. Uh, I, I just thought he was really smart. His writing was great. The pilot was great. Um, and I couldn't believe that, you know, it, it was like, it was, it, I mean, it was the single lead of the, of the show. And this had never happened. You know, this was like a, an absolute first for me. So, um, there, there were some reservations on my team side about like the the network it was going to be on and stuff. So anyway, I I, I met with with uh, Tom Kapanos to get coffee, and it was the most bizarre meeting because like, it, it, I I mean I sort of knew this going in, but then it was quickly established that he, that he was he was selling and I was buying, and it was just like a very bizarre experience to have have him like yeah. try to pitch me on something, and I'm like, dude, because he had, because he had seen The Walking Dead, you know, and so he was he was excited about because he just felt like my uh, temperament and disposition would be good for this character that he had written and stuff, so. I do the pilot. Um, had a great experience. Great what experience. What was the pilot called? Uh, the 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 pilot was called Dead People. That's right. Yeah. So there's also a little bit of a theme mm -hmm. being established mm -hmm. here. But it actually it actually wasn't like a horror pilot or anything. But it was called Dead People. Um, didn't get picked up. The it was for the CW. They decided not to air it. Uh, there. You know, I will say that wonderful script. What we shot didn't quite match up, I felt, to the quality of the script. And now, there's a lot of people, you know, it takes a lot of people to make a pilot. Me, as the lead of the show, it's hard not to bear the brunt of some of that. You know, yeah. people could say, oh, is this reason, this, re you know, whatever. Um, so the pilot didn't get picked up, which was sort of devastating just because it was such an exciting thing. Um, and then suddenly it's like, well, what happens next? Was it my fault, whatever? Uh, Warner Brothers produced the pilot. So right after we found out that the pilot wasn't getting picked up, Peter Roth, the head of Warner Brothers, uh, called me in for a meeting to come in to, uh, to, to, to talk to him. So I go in, and he was basically like, I really loved what you did. We want, let's do, I want to do something else with you. Let's do a holding deal so you, and basically what that means is they, they pay you a certain amount to not take another job with the studio, while the, and then they try to like find something for you. So when I walked out of that meeting, because you asked me a minute ago, like, did I feel like I was ever set or something? I kind of did when I walked out of that meeting because I thought, like, oh my god, got a family again, this here. is a this is yeah. brand new. You have this a holding never, deal. This never They're happened. They're gonna find something. This never happened. I'm like, there's yeah. a studio that actually like wants to work with me now, you know. Uh, and this is sort of a cautionary tale for anybody who may be in this uh, uh, situation <laughs> at any point. So I walk out of there really feeling like, oh man, I'm. Like I made it as as much as as I've ever felt that way. Like I felt like I had gotten to a point where I'm I'm sort of like really sort of set. Um, so it's a six month deal. Six months goes by, 
and there is nothing. I mean, I think I had gone in for like one or two meetings with writers. It, nothing. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, six months passes and nothing comes up and they're kind of like, yeah, you know, we didn't really have anything. We'll still keep you in mind, blah, blah, blah. But the deal's done. So uh, all of a sudden, you know, you're riding high, everything's great. And then it's just, there's nothing, you know, because six months can be a long time in the city. People have kind of forgotten about The Walking Dead a little bit. You know, right. not really it's... thinking about it as much. They're, you know, it, you, you can cool off quickly. So, uh so that deal expires and there's li it's like crickets it's like literally crickets out there there's nothing really going on um and it was a weird time because i think i went like a total of like nine months or something without working at all which to up to that point was by far the longest stretch uh and it was really sort of uh uh strange and uh unsettling you know do you think warner brothers was scared of you and they were like we're gonna put this guy on ice he's too hot <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the that's typically keep how, him how out of play. In, uh, yeah, no. I, are, you, are you married at this point? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amber and I. Yeah, yeah. So we we got married uh, in between. Uh, wait, no, it was after I had finished shooting The Walking Dead. Right after I finished shooting The Walking Dead, we had we got married. But we had been together. We had been dating. For right years since at Greek. This point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but to answer your question with Once Upon a Time, so I went from, you know, the sort of the top of the, absolutely the pinnacle of where I had been to really sort of the floor. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even doing guest stars at this point. Like, it's very quiet. Um, and you had guest starred on a lot of shows. Yeah, I'd done a lot of guest stars, done, you know, that type of, some guest star offers were coming in after The Walking Dead. So I was like doing those. I was doing, you know, a couple movies here and there. And, and then the pilot was like the big thing. That's kind of what you hope for. You hope you get a job like that off of, you know, if you build a little heat and then that turns into something that didn't happen that way. So real quiet, I'm, you know, kind of like what scrambling a little bit. And then this little like arc comes up on a free form show called dead of summer. Again, dead, you know, themes been established, um, <laughs> little guest star arc, nothing big. Uh, I do that job. Well, the guys who created dead of summer on Freeform also happened to have a massive hit show on ABC called once upon a time. So I do this little arc on dead of summer. That's over. The show got canceled after a year or whatever. They have an idea They're So they're working on once upon a time. They're, they're in their sixth season. Uh, they have an idea for this new character. Actually, it's a older version of a pre-existing character. They remember me from their other little show on Freeform, And they think, Oh, this guy, would would be good so i i get an offer to to be you know uh grown henry on is this is this the first time that you play the older version of a character yes. that has already existed yes i had done younger i had done i'd been like the younger whatever i was like you know the younger christian troy on nip tuck and i had been i had done that a couple times but now now i'm the old guy so what was that experience like like are you studying yes. the kid who plays mitch yes and, and you know because i heard that's how forrest gump got his voice was he mimicked the young kid and that kid talked the way he oh ends really up talking as an adult. I Look at you have fun. Yeah, I I'm impressed. I pulled out a little Eric. On you, didn't <laughs> I? I studied Forrest Gump actually, just in, in preparation <laughs> yeah. for the role. That's all I did. Maybe that's why they weren't so happy with my first couple episodes. 
No, I did. I, I, I you know, studied uh, Jared Gilmore was the name of the actor who played young Henry and, and uh, he was great. And I and I wa- but this is a child, you know, but I'm yeah, I'm like watching the show obsessively. There's like one hundred and fifty episodes at this point, you know, so I'm like doing all this research and uh, it's a big and it's a big show, big show, big show. Um just in you know it was very popular but just in like the scope there's you know the fucking like like fairy tale land and dragons and you know disney and it's like you know it's a a lot um but so yeah so i'm studying this kid i i get we start season seven i think it was episode two the director pulls me aside you know we'd only been working a couple weeks and she's like have you watched this show have you watched a lot of this show and I was like, uh, yeah, I've watched all of it, you know. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it, you're you need to stop like doing the young version. Oh, really? <laughs> that was like her big note. That was like her big note. You're for working me. way like, too God. hard. I was like, yeah. Oh no, you, you're too oh, good God. at this. Uh, uh, would somebody please get my yeah. facial expression cards up? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I think that's that's when I got rid of them. I was like, oh no, these are <laughs> these are too Henry. <laughs> They've served me my whole career. So how many um, seasons are you on? Once upon a time for just uh, well. So I started at the end of season six. And just through season seven, which ended up being the final, final season, season of the show. And so now yeah. a whole, and we mentioned this briefly in the the first part we did with you about getting recognized at Disneyland. Yeah. So like yeah. now, and I went, I saw, I've seen through, this. through this next yeah. job, uh, you have hit a whole different demographic. Oh my god! Where it's yeah. there's are there conventions? Are there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm right back in the in the whole world uh but you know as you can imagine a little bit of a different demographic did you go to disney i want to ask you did you go to disneyland while you were on the show um yes probably his wife is the biggest disney fan i've ever we did and so do you get to do the tunnels underneath Ooh. no i didn't do the tunnels do they i don't think i know you have an escort when we did there? have an. They gave us an escort. So you do have an escort. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that was that was. So you just. If you ask my wife, that was one hundred percent the best perk of working on that job. Amber, yeah, if sure. there's something I know about Amber, she loves when Andy's with an escort. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's she gets excited about. Um, it, and so at home, is Amber ever like, "Are you getting something with ABC again?" Uh, that's all we ever talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, she, I think I'm only allowed to Am- work. Amber being on ABC that. Fam, when you guys are ABC Family, you get the same perk. You know, we I think we did so yeah. And I think she she capitalized on that back then. I think I think she definitely did the escort, you know. She she enjoys an escort with She does yeah. it's fun. That's me. probably what I bet together, Amber right? and I would have the best time at Disneyland together. You, you anybody I love Disney. You guys should go. You could take all your all the kids, my kids, your kids. Do you like go- do you like out. going? Where are we going, Derek? Derek, do you like going? And Annie will go with you too. I I became a fan of Disney probably when they put my songs in Hocus Pocus too. Which oh, so just, just recently, so just, yeah, the just, yeah. just the last couple yeah. months. Yeah. So beca- I no, you I can't am, hate Disney and being American. My wife so isn't I, allowed to come to Disneyland with us <laughs> and the kids. And we go. I take my kids every year. We go for two days. Two days. Okay, so and you we stay. go for two days. Where do you stay? Uh, we stay at like you know a Marriott or something. You're that's not close. doing the Grand California. No, 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 no. no. I All use right. points. I want to get right. status. Oh, and you're don't we? Out, and then dude. yeah, and then we go to Disney, and we go with a friend of mine, Herschel, who's been on the podcast, yep. and his yep. daughter, 
And we don't let our wives come because, as we've said to the children when they say, how come uh, the moms aren't allowed to come? It's because we don't want to search for organic vegetable snacks for the whole day. <laughs> like, we want you kids to have a good time. It's not about, you I'm, know. I'm, I'm not a fan of Star Wars, and I think I might be maybe one. The that's, only that's the blind man. spot for Amber, too. She doesn't get the Star Wars. <sighs> oh, I love it. But see, I'm kind of more the organic snacks guy, I think, in the film. Yeah. Okay, so l- I'll tell you, there, the pickle is great. I'm the Las Vegas My guy. My wife like, is like, I'm where's a fucking corn dog? Uh, yeah, see? That's care. what I'm talking about. You kids are going to eat, like, the dirt off the sidewalk. We're going to eat shit all day. And you get, you're going to get through it. We're going to go on Autotopia so you can inhale fumes. <laughs> like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> This is how it works. And, you know, and, and my wife, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, will be like, are we going home now? Are we done with the day? I'm like, <laughs> done with the day? Have you seen a firework in the sky yet? You would have a great Thank time you. with Amber. Yeah, the kid, you know, yeah. it's... Uh, we no had a good time when we well, went. Well, we had a blast. We, had, we went. We all went. Bottom and bottom. I went in uh, to be there for him, and I think you came a What do you mean to be there bit? for him? Because you've got to... It's like going through the trenches. It's like war for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking all right. Let's give me a churro so I can get to the next fucking ride. Yeah, and you, you throw the more kids you throw in the mix. Yeah. you know it just gets. And then this guy's getting a picture every five minutes, and you're, like, uh, you're getting stopped constantly. It, Disneyland, man. Constantly. That's that's like is that unbelievable? The only place really now I feel like I I can you know my wife gets recognized way more than I do, and and especially like if we're traveling and stuff, people it's always like Twenty Two Jump Street or uh, you know run the world, some of the sh- shows yeah. she's been on and stuff. I don't really get it. Disneyland because again, if you watch Once Upon a Time, apparently you go to Disneyland every month, no matter. Oh, what you're an you annual pass holder for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that like show the place. was built for Disney fans. Well, my sister, uh, she lives in Long Island. She is a first of all her college. Uh, thesis was about how Pocahontas was uh, portrayed in Disney's Pocahontas. Oh okay. And then her wedding cake topper was a Mickey and Minnie. So she's one of those people. Sure, sure. Um, so the second I'm like, uh, you know, well, we're going to have Andrew J. West on. She's like, Andrew J. West. Andrew. Once upon a time, I'm like, well, of course, they wrote that show for you. Of course, you know who he That's is. That's your sister? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she I got know. any tattoos of it? Tattoo? No. Yeah. No, no, no. No tattoos. Of Andrew? No. No. Only I do. <laughs> Only, Only I, I do, do after the first one. So, um, after and I didn't even get to play, and I didn't even play a Disney character, you know? Like, I wasn't even. Yeah, you're Mitch. You know, I was uh, <laughs> Henry. Henry. But, oh, Henry, know, whatever. Same. Mitch. I, kinda, Henry. I like Mitch. I kind of yeah. like Mitch. Yeah. Henry. Which Who's Mitch? You Why did I say a, Mitch? You became a spokesperson for uh, a, a, a whiskey, right? For. Uh, Mitchners, Mitchners, no, not a spokesperson. No, not a spokesperson. I was thinking I, maybe you saw that. No, I didn't. I think I was just oh. saying a, a random person. Wh- I think I was just saying a random white guy's name. <coughs> oh, because he's not Mitch playing Prince Charming. I don't know he's, how much it, research you do. I don't know. <laughs> no, I. Because <laughs> that whiskey's delicious, <laughs> and I didn't know that. No, nothing about whiskey on here. <laughs> I didn't know um, about that whiskey till you were drinking it and posting it. Whiskey. Um, so, so, all right. So Henry. Yeah, like it matters, <laughs> right? White, white <laughs> male so on so Once Upon guy. a Time, <laughs> non Disney character. So Timothy, but now that becomes a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, look, it was my first series regular job on a network, on a network. You know, on one of the on one of the major networks, and plus to to walk in to a show that was this big hit for ABC for, you know, so many years. Uh, 
yeah, it was it was crazy. And again, it like it kind of came out of the blue. You can trace back, you could trace the steps back, and they do sort of lead back to The Walking Dead because I think one of the reasons why I'd gotten that job on Dead of Summer was was because of what I had done on The Walking Dead. It was a little bit of a similar vibe, um, and then. You know, once upon a time, it was directly because of that little guest star arc I did on Dead of Summer. But uh, yeah, you know, it was just one of those crazy things. Like, and I remember like going through pilot season that year, auditioning and stuff. And like I said, I was it, it was like a very quiet period. I wasn't really doing much, auditioning a ton. You know, testing here and there, nothing coming up. And then that that offer came in, and it was and the it was greatest crazy. show to share with Violet. My Violet daughter. watched it. That's and right. it was the first show that I shared with Violet so that she could understand that a little bit of the world we live in living in california being like you know andy and now i'm gonna i get to show you a show of somebody you know who's an actor and it was the first show where she started to like click what it is to do this business it's and it's interesting i actually did the same thing um with my kids my eight and six year old uh last night after we interviewed you and i showed them the walking dead um, and they haven't slept. Good. <laughs> they have not. <laughs> yeah, because I was and like, they won't trust what I feed them. <laughs> they've been crying for for two days straight. Um, but it, was, it was a really cool moment. Once upon a time would have been a better move for me. She. <laughs> I move here Again, with him. He doesn't do a lot. Eric doesn't do a lot of research. Yeah. So, you know, it's fine. We, it's it was just crazy to move here with somebody, then have children out here, and then be able to share his experiences with. Yeah, it comes my full child. circle. And then her to be a fan of his, too. It was like, fuck. So Violet to appreciate it means a lot because my daughter doesn't give a shit. But you show her some D-bone in the remains and she's memorized all the lyrics. My daughter, my daughter's four years old. She she sings this guy's song like she'll just be like playing in her room. And all of a sudden it's uh, it's. She's even got the laugh down. Like to herself, it's like, happy Halloween, happy Halloween. She's, I mean, she's obsessed. She's absolutely your biggest fan. She could not care less about seeing yeah. me on TV. If, if, when I was, the last show I was working on, it was a Hulu show. and, and uh, Which show was, was that? It was called Promised Land. And uh, that was, so that was just on this past year. The, uh, this past year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My uh, daughter only likes it if I'm hurt or something bad has happened. Then she'll listen to it. So she likes my song "White Boy Blues" because it's about my horrible childhood. <laughs> She's like, "Let me, uh, let me get that again." Okay, all right, all right. So, and then, pro- so then you so did, maybe you do did something where you, you get had hurt. a bit of a break during COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't do, I didn't do anything. Um, well, you know, so when I got back from Vancouver uh, after finishing "Once Upon a Time." Uh, my daughter was born a couple months later. You know, we had gotten pregnant. Amber had gotten pregnant while I was working on that show. And uh, the show got canceled. And, I, you know, it was, it was like actually wonderful timing because I came back. And there, I, I had an opportunity to go do a show in Australia. And my daughter was getting, you know, was going to be born in like two months. And so there was just, it wasn't even a question. There was no way I was going to do that. What um, show was that? You know, I don't even remember. It was it was an ABC. Uh, I, I don't even know if it was for ABC Network. Maybe ABC Studios was producing it. Um, did it get made? Do you know? I think it did, but I never even really looked into what it was because right, I heard Australia the timing and I was to, like, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, it was the easiest decision in the world just to be like, I'm not going to 
you know, it was my first child. Like I was never gonna not not be around, and I wanted to not only be around but not be busy all the time. You know, um, so it w- it was nice because it was the first like voluntary sort of step away yeah. that I had taken in ten years, I guess. Like yeah. since we you know really started doing it, um, and then yeah, it was just I was hanging hanging with my my baby and just sort of doing you know a couple movies here and there like little stuff and then what was the one in vegas uh which one the one you did in vegas um the uh middleman are you talking middleman yeah 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 because is that right after her or right before middleman was before that was middleman was was post walking dead but pre once upon a time okay yeah because that 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 that, that's a notable movie that one was really fantastic you were almost in that movie too yeah, but this isn't about me. No, <laughs> not at all. And uh, if you not noticed, any time we start talking about me, Eric, I change it right back <laughs> to about you. Ain't gonna. It's not, That's right. It's not allowed. That's but uh, <laughs> it was a really. F- it was probably the best audition I ever did. Thanks, Eric. I, I will yeah. talk about it. Uh, and we prepped like a motherfucker because I was like, "We're mustache." About to you have a mustache for oh, it? Oh fuck yeah! And <laughs> we, I was like, "We're gonna be in a fucking movie together" because he was locked in. This was you were already yeah, attached. Yeah, well, you know, it was one of those it was one of those ones that had come through from from the walking dead from the he, you know coming off of the walking dead yeah. it was one of those offers that came And I think that. the character's name was T-Bone. I think and the was. description was wear a leather jacket, aviators, and you like eating pussy. <laughs> like that uh, something like that was the description. <laughs> and I was like, I got this in a bag. So I, I came up with jokes. I started doing stand-up. I was, like, preparing some stand-up stuff for, like, pre-audition and then after auditions. So that I was like, they're going to like me. And I fuck it. it was the most work I had ever done for an audition theatrically. I've never done anything theatrically. I've done one movie. But I couldn't book theatrical, save my life. But this guy's fucking blast him. And it's, like, flip. And I did commercials all the time. And it was, like, it, it just start, I was, like, oh, I'm a commercial actor. Like, I just was like that's my my journey that's my lot in life there was no better situation to put me in a movie than this situation of middleman and i didn't get it yeah i destroyed it was i still it haunts me today but you know it's but again it's like uh it's very uh illustrative of how a lot of this stuff works when you start to peek behind the curtain and realize that like there are people in mind for these roles well before anybody's even walking into an audition room, you know? And a lot of times the people walking into these audition rooms are, are like plan B's and it doesn't matter how good they are. It's not about how good they are or or how, you know, whatever. It's that they've already got someone. They're hoping an offer's accepted. They're hoping everything goes through, but in the meantime, they got to do the, you know, they got to do the process. Um, and I think that might have been the last one where I was like, yeah, fuck this theatrical shit. Was but that the last? That that I think for me, I might have done a couple more, but that was the last one for me where I was like. Yeah, I'm going to put in I'm all that work. I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to. I definitely went over 300, 400 auditions theatrically. Didn't book a single. Yeah. So it was just like I'm meant for fresh off else. the boat a lot. He went in for fresh off the boat all the time, <laughs> constantly. We had one of the writers That's from Fresh right. Off the Boat here, <laughs> and I was like, and it was just so Derek fuck? can bombard like, her about why? why was I never cast? Why over and over? <laughs> yeah, she felt trapped when she was here. It was not a good situation. <laughs> that, that sounds yeah. comfortable. 
That sounds like a good yeah talk. yeah. Basically, this podcast is um, people that moved to L.A. with Derek and people who didn't cast him <laughs> on yeah. shows and he in movies. He gets there as grievances. We have the director of uh, Middleman coming in here next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> Ned, oh, well. if you're listening, so yeah, what, get ready. God damn it, So, Ned. Promised Land on Hulu, and then uh, what's coming up next? You know, I'm back to just seeing seeing what happens, man. I'm. Uh, He's painting like a motherfucker. Um, He's a badass motherfucking paint- paintist. Yeah, He's a paintist, a paintist that, an oil paintist. That was the silver. <laughs> that was the silver lining of of COVID. Uh, was that I had finally gotten a chance to? Because you know, I mean, Derek knows I'd sort of been dabbling with this for for like a decade, uh, even longer. And yeah, and it had never <laughs> been a serious thing. I was kind of doing it in between jobs, and you know, when I whenever I could find the time. And then when COVID happened, and suddenly there were no auditions, and there was no work, and there was no anything. I, for the first time ever, I managed to, you know, throw myself into it, and I got really, really excited about it. I just got really excited about it, and I realized how far <laughs> I, I had to go before I was, you know, I, how much work was ahead if I really wanted to get good yeah. at this thing, at this painting thing. Um, and uh, it, that has not that spark hasn't really dimmed you know in like two and a half years now so it's been it's it's uh yeah it's been uh uh, more of a focus too and then and then you know we're you know still making the self-tapes and and doing doing the whole actor thing what's been great about being friends with them through the process and why i say if you're going to move because i'm talking to those people you know who you are that are about to go off onto a dream if you put a friend in the dynamic of whatever you're going after, whether it's a podcast. Like when he started his hobby with painting, it was like, fuck yeah. I think I was starting music at the same time. And we both started to have some kind of monetary exchange. Monetary? Is that the word? Do you mean... Financially? Financial exchange where somebody was buying your paintings as people were buying music. And you were making... You started... We've had a lot of synchronistic things where we... Throughout this and journey, is, and, yeah, and is that when I, you know? Th- and that's an interesting thing too, because you want it. It's 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 you started making music because you love it, because you've you've all and you've always and it's been ju- that yeah, way. it's something that gets um, you excited, and you're just. But when you start to get that that validation from making yeah. a little bit of money, it's interesting how that can cons- and and maybe it speaks to a certain insecurity that that I even I have, but it was hard for me to even like. Uh, accept that I was that I was maybe making some progress or whatever that I was like you know had some something to offer in in that world of visual art until people were like hey I want to you know I either, yeah when you get paid either gave me a, yeah. a chance to show stuff in galleries or that your buying, time's valuable and, that, and but yeah. it shows you that's you, you're a real paintist now uh, it became a paintist and, and let me ask you a question and there's that <laughs> at this moment this juncture of in time when this has finally happened for both of you have you given him a seven hundred dollars <laughs> i think i, I think i owe you seven hundred dollars <laughs> yeah <now. laughs> Because he just finished. But you know what? Why don't you hold on to it? Because you're going to need to borrow it back at some point. He just finished a painting uh, for me. And I probably owe you $700 for it. That painting's gratis. You know, you you paid me the $700, but I think you still do owe me a tank of gas. I think I do. I think I owe him a tank of gas. Do you remember that? I do. No, I I think I paid you for that. 
Did you did you did you give me that tank of gas? Because I, I do not. He's like, trying to cash in I don't now like because gas ends. is so much money, and he's driving that Kia around. <laughs> no, His grandmother's is Kia. Kia. This yeah. is the time. That Kia out there, that purple <laughs> is it purple? It costs nine hundred and sixty-five dollars to fill it up. I think it's cost seven hundred dollars. I think the car costs seven hundred. The, ca- the car's definitely buy the car off of them. I think the car is worth seven hundred dollars, <laughs> and I think it would cost seven hundred dollars to fill up the gas tank. Yeah, both of those things are actually yeah. This is a surprisingly uh, big gas tank in that Kia. I can't believe my wife just got a Defender. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he we're was just, looking for a way to sneak it in. No, we're looking. He was looking. Got to talk about this Defender. It, we can so, see it out the window sometimes. Andrew, this is where we <laughs> say it's a settled matter. You did two parts with us. Hey, man, this is an anthology. We, I know yeah. this is crazy. I will ask. Uh, I we'll, hope I don't. I hope I'm not the one who makes you start uh, editing. It's Is because oh no! If anybody, <laughs> it's going to be the one we did earlier because <laughs> she's going to force us to. It's uh, this has become more of a podcast about me and you than hey, you. Hey, listen, I will. No so that's bullshit. why it's probably two. Derek Debone Reckley is maybe my favorite topic of discussion. Mm. So, uh, and he has I, fallen into m- one of my top fifty topics <laughs> of twenty twenty two. Not bad. That's a good start. Yeah. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to yeah. have you. Thank you, Thank you for oh, coming. Oh, quick question here. for you. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, John Denver. Fuck. Okay. Denver. Yeah, okay. you know, yeah. remember yeah. him? Uh, Country Thank Road. You. Right. Is is he singing about the state of West Virginia, or is he singing about the western part of the state of Virginia? Oh, God. I don't, I don't know. I, need a, I, I, I would need a refresher, I think. Is it West Virginia, Shenandoah. River, river, yeah. See, I don't know my geography that that well. I don't know my body's water in the. Uh, well, the, uh, here's guess, the deal. What would it be? Uh, so, western part of Virginia or, or West Virginia? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with West Virginia. You okay. are correct. By the way, the body of water, the Shenandoah River, runs through both states. Ooh, okay, tricky. And, and the Blue Ridge Mountains also go through both. Out states. Out of the ten guests we've had on here, well, only one has agreed with only me one. that it's about the western. Part of the state of Virginia because huh. nobody's singing about goddamn West Virginia. <laughs> but also in the lyrics, West is not capitalized. Uh, again, you can't look up on a website <laughs> yeah. and they put the it up how it. The way they you don't know how it. John Denver wrote it down <laughs> in his journal. And I'm that's a John settled Denver matter. John Denver fan, oh nine eight six didn't capitalize West. No. <laughs> oh man.